This Short Code podcast is a proud member of the MedEd Media Network. Inspiration, information, and guidance on your journey to medical school and beyond at mededmedia.com. Meandering in the margins of medicine, it's the Short Code podcast. Weird news, fresh views, helpful clues, and interviews by students for students. Subscribe to our weekly show at theshortcoat.com. Welcome back to the Short Coat Podcast. From the University of Iowa Carver College of Medicine, I'm Dave Etler. Here with me today, a ragtag band of medicine adventurers relying upon the sheer force of will and, and, and grit to overcome the odds and triumph over COVID-19. I feel like I should add like, like it's like, it's getting to be, it's getting to feel a little post-apocalyptic and maybe I should add some like static in the, like, like we're fading in and out of reception or something. Enter, like yeah. the, the purge alarm, like, yeah. <laughs> Great ideas. Say hello. Like tumbleweed going by. Say hello to M1's Nathan Spitz. Howdy. Kenzie McKnight. Hello. Michael Gardeau. Howdy. And Eric Bozart. Hello. Did I do that right? Yeah. Bozart? It's not Bochart. Yeah. Not Bochart. All right. Okay. Sure. Was, you know, I, wasn't <laughs> I wasn't sure. Mackenzie, uh, excuse me. Kenzie and Eric, you're both new on the show. Uh, thank you yeah. for uh, making yeah. making the leap, um, especially Eric, since I know he was uh, somebody's last minute. Yeah, last minute, Ed. Last kind of fun. Yeah. Uh, guys, as we record today, uh, this coming week is spring break. Uh, something I imagine you've been looking forward to for a while and probably the last one you will ever be assured of having uh, Since more senior students have clinical duties any uh, big plans uh, for spring break? Yeah, I was I was just detailing this before we started um, So originally I had planned with my friend yes to go to Thailand over spring break um, and then yeah, how's that working out for you? Yeah, so a couple of weeks ago we were sitting in lecture and I like, you know, got the first kind of like news alert that Delta and United were starting to shut down flights. And I'm like, mm, wait, like we have a layover in China. Yeah. Um, so if y'all could guess, you know, one city in the entire country that our layover were, was in. Yeah, would, would it be, be, would it be uh, uh, Wuhan? Yeah, it was a little Wuhan. <laughs> yeah. um, so that flight quickly got um, shut down and we tried to reroute through Seoul, South Korea. We're like, okay, there's no cases in Korea. Like we're going to be all right. And then that quickly became the second hardest hit. And now Italy, I think. Yeah, and they were like, okay, well, how about Iran? Mm, no, that's not going to work. No. Uh. So that um, also got shut down, and we basically played a game of from New York, where can we go? That's like not super crazy expensive, but that we also like hopefully would not be stuck there. I mean, that was a serious concern. It was like, you know, she's getting her master's of public health. Like we also, I, I didn't think I could be quarantined somewhere for two weeks and like still continue um, the semester. Well, the good news is uh, since we're transitioning to online learning. Seriously. You can be anywhere. We're good. So now. As long as you have a good internet connection. Yeah. Catch me in the beach in Barbados. <laughs> you m- <laughs> Anybody knows where Rihanna lives? Uh, I mean, I'm sure this is like public information. <laughs> maybe she's hiding, you know, maybe she's like riding the storm out yeah, she's, in Barbados. She's, so. she's sitting on a giant throne made of toilet paper. And yeah. a giant Ooh. throne of her album that she has not released for the last like two years. So Rihanna, if you're listening. Now's, now's the time. <laughs> people, people need you more than ever. Seriously, drop it like it's hot. Wow, so you're not at all concerned about international travel? like? Um, I mean, I am 
in a way i think so at the university of iowa actually just released like that they were closing all of like the rec facilities etc and mm. kind of in my head i know you know it's important to social distance etc um but i mean i still was planning on like going to the gym etc like while i was here um and a part of me was like oh well like in my naive way was like i'm just gonna be like laying on the beach anyway you know, I'm going to yeah. be like socially distanced from others say, on the beach. Yeah. Thank you for socially distancing um, us. I think the I think what they're telling people is like six feet. I, I mean, I think you've overdone overdoing it, but right. Um, and I mean, it was a concern, but like you said, this is our last kind of like protected spring break. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I just these past like couple of weeks has started to like really wear on me. Like mm -hmm. I'm starting to get like fatigued. Yeah. I'm just yeah. like going nonstop, nonstop, yeah. nonstop. And not that you can't have a great spring break, you know, have a staycation, et cetera. But it's true. It's true. Well, I, I just monopolize the mic. So everybody else. <laughs> Anybody else have uh, big spring break plans? I'm going to try and get down to Las Vegas as long as nothing gets right. further canceled. Sin right. City. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, do you, are you a big gambler then? I am not, so probably hopefully still go and see a few shows right. and just walk around for a while. Should be fun though. Oh yeah, very excited. Uh, I'm gonna go down to Sedona, Arizona. Nice, very so, nice, nice. Yeah, I've been there once before and it was absolutely beautiful. So I'm excited to go back. Although I think the weather's not gonna be as better as it is here. It's gonna mm. be similar. Mm. So might have to go down to Phoenix too. Yeah, I like yeah. it. Everybody's going warmer. I'm going back home to Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're an idiot. That's a choice. Yeah. Yeah. Minnesota. Yeah, well, <laughs> yep, Minnesota. Uh, well, um, after spring break, as I said, like so many other institutions, that we're transitioning to online courses for at least a couple of weeks, probably more. Um, I'm predicting. I'm curious. You guys, uh, are you guys uh, concerned about that in any way, or are you just... The only concern I have is feeling lazy, like a piece of crap, just sitting at home, yeah. watching all the lectures, not being able to get out. Like, you, you know, you guys joke about sometimes about, you know, not not putting on your pants uh, because you don't have to. <laughs> um, but now this real. is like this is like this is a big this, this is, is a big opportunity to not do that. <laughs> I think for some people, you know, like they that like exclusively watch lectures online, this probably won't be like too big of a transition and our small groups like are also moving to like a Zoom mm -hmm. kind yep. of meetings um so I think like our in-person things that are really only required are like PES, like our physical exam skills which I don't know. Which, it's been postponed, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. so and then exams which they're still figuring out but not to like mm. over speculate, but I can't imagine. That's what we know, do on this show. Hello. Is yeah. right. Conspiracy <laughs> theory, et cetera. But I was just talking with somebody before this. Like, I can't imagine that it would be too crazy difficult to spread out 200 people throughout Murph, Beisner, et cetera, to have, yeah. you know, if you, even if you did like 15 people to a room, you would need 10, maybe people to yeah. proctor it and like spread them out you know oh, you're talking about exams exams yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry if i didn't that's mention right. that um, i don't know if you did or not. i think that's the biggest question right is like yeah. we've got an exam right after spring break and it's like okay how are we how are we taking that how you know we're putting all this time and effort in well i know that our curriculum group is like kind of balls to the wall right now yeah trying to, yeah. Trying to figure out stuff yeah out. godspeed yeah, so um it's a really complicated curriculum to just adapt over a few days right so. yeah. right i keep wondering so one of the things i keep thinking about is um is how this epidemic, how this pandemic now, how it's going to change the way we do things like permanently. Because I think every event like this changes things. Um, 
And uh, my guess is usually it's, it just turns out, you know, like we adapt to things and we go, oh, well, this isn't so bad. We could keep doing this. I saw something really good on Twitter. I see all the good things on Twitter, um, but about how this is really like showcasing the the slack we give to able-bodied people mm-hmm. as compared to people who have like physical disabilities. Um, for example, you're like, oh, now it's okay for you to like telecommute in because we have this pandemic. However, there are, I mean, obviously yeah. there, there are some um, things put in place for people who have trouble commuting, et cetera. But I mean, this is really, I think, like bringing to light the kind of bias we have towards people with disabilities in like working from home, you know, if it's okay for all or of the these. biased against we have. Yes. People yeah. with disabilities. Working. Correct. Like, yeah. Um, I hadn't thought of that one. Um, my, my wife, uh, travels frequently for work and, and, you know, for a while now I've been thinking, God, you know, there's a lot of travel that, um, I feel like doesn't need to happen except that part of what she does involves sales. And so the sales is kind of a traditionally face to face thing. Um, but not all of it. And, uh, so yeah, I'm wondering if a lot of people will be like a lot of companies and a lot of, Mm -hmm. you know, other organizations will be like, Hmm, this didn't, this wasn't as bad as we thought it would be. Maybe we we should do this. Yeah. Well, there's that red, did you see the Reddit article that was like the pandemic has forced the world's largest work from home experiment or whatever. Right. Right. It's real. My, uh, Mm -hmm. now we'll find out as I, as I read elsewhere, now we'll find out, uh, how many of those meetings really could have been done by you? <laughs> this this is that. true. Mm-hmm. I also, um, I mean, there's not like an undertone, but on like the med student Reddit of like moving towards like a uniform online curriculum. A lot of people use resources like Sketchy, Pathoma, Boards and Beyond, mm-hmm. etc. Um, and, you know, if you can like still learn all of the material online, like in this, you know, they're showcasing like we can have a totally online curriculum why could we not have a more uniform curriculum yeah across the country? i mean it's yeah I, I see what you're saying i think a lot of schools sort of pride themselves though on their on their you know their individuality you know the, the things that we can give right. you that no one else can right, mm-hmm. right. um yeah. and you know i was certainly not alone in that um but uh yeah it'll be interesting I, I, so one of the and then one of the other things that i keep reading about is you know telemedicine like like, uh, you know, here, here at the University of Iowa hospitals and clinics, they're, they're going to move to telemedicine to, mm-hmm. um, sort of screen people, um, before they come to the hospital, basically the, the potentially, uh, what are they called? The worried well to screen people before they get to the hospital, um, both to cut down on, on possible transmission routes, but also to, to just conserve resources. Yeah, I, I and that's going to be like be... one of those things where people are like, oh, like telemedicine has been a thing for a long time, mm-hmm. but now it'll be like, oh, that worked pretty well. I think we could probably figure out a way to keep doing that. I think that'll be a huge help, especially with this, because that way you can keep a lot of the cases that don't necessarily need to be seen in the hospital, especially with um, COVID concerns, since we're not testing everyone across the board yet. If you have the basic symptoms and you are worried that you're going to have it, the answer is going to be the same as it would be for anything else where it's rest, hydrate and keep in touch if your symptoms start to worry but it prevents them from coming into the hospital and exposing themselves to people that might not be as um, resilient to the yeah. disease as they are. Of course, it's going to be, uh, I mean, for, for a lot of people, it's going to be dependent on their resources. You know, do you have an internet connection? Do you have a, do you even have a, you know, webcam or whatever, you know, however, however that gets mediated. For yeah. sure. I'm not against telemedicine, but it, it, 
I, you know, the first question that pops into my mind though, when we're, especially when we're dealing with patients like this mm -hmm. is like, at what point in the telemedicine communication pathway do you say, yep, it's time for you to come in, you know, like, and it's harder for us as providers to maybe see some of those, you know, like, sure. especially, uh, the biggest thing that I saw was, uh, lunch during this week, uh, the Italian government put a bunch of CT scans of their COVID patients online. And you got to see like kind of what that pneumonia like symptoms start to really look like. And you're like, oh, geez, you know, at what point can you start to intervene for those patients? You know, yeah. at, where, where's that point of no return where it's like, oh, no, you're in a serious situation now. Well, one of the things you guys haven't learned yet is how to is how to just I mean. Is how to walk into a room and know this patient is sick, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, as opposed to you know, they're worried well or yep. they're, you know, mm -hmm. so, um, and that may be tough to do in, with a telemedicine setup. Yep. Absolutely. But, you know, Hey, this is where, um, I think I didn't, didn't look too deep into it, but like governor Cuomo had like put something out about like calling on like retired people and things like that as like a medical reserve. So maybe this is That'd be interesting. where we can draw in on their uh, expertise in yeah. noticing well versus unwell for sure. Yeah, on the other hand, uh, those people are the most likely to uh, get get very sick. Yeah. No, I'm saying for the telemedicine. Oh, for telemedicine. Uh, yeah, oh, I see. Right. Oh. Like if you're trying, you know, that way we can like free up like, you know, current mm -hmm. practicing providers oh, to yeah. like actually work with the sick people. Because I mean, especially in Italy, you know, they're talking about having like the shortage of healthcare workers, et cetera. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, it's like an interesting, I haven't like looked too too deep into it. I was thinking but. of the, were you around for the guy that came around for promoting DocDash, the... Oh uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I can't remember what his name was. Doctor, is it Keeley? Yes, old trauma yep. surgeon. Yep. That's uh, coming around promoting Doc Dash, but he gave quite the uh, the spiel over lunch about his past experience and seemed like a cool guy. With uh, with just uh, so he he was a trauma surgeon and now he's uh working at the free medical okay. clinic. So I imagine when you're saying something like that, like that's who they're breaking that's out. That's valuable yeah. experience. Tapping on right the, there. Yeah, yeah. Getting the sword and tapping them on the shoulder. Yep. Like you yep. are welcome back. Yep. Unrelated to, you know, the future and how this is going to affect things. The other thing I keep thinking about is a lot of people around me are sort of telling themselves, well, if it's, so if this whole, if the trajectory of this pandemic, um, does what it did in China, we'll be out of this in about three months. Sure. And I'm thinking, so China has been able to do things that we can't do. I mean, they basically told their, you know, the entire province of, of Wuhan, of, of, yeah. of Hubei and, and the city of Wuhan to be like, you will stay home. You will be tested. We will test each and every one of you. Um, and you will not be able to, I mean, you just, you can't circulate. Yeah. Yeah. That would um, not go over well mm -hmm. here. No, I mean, that would be no. impossible here yeah um now we were able to learn a lot from from the chinese experience so maybe that will that will help us mm -hmm. um to uh but the whole point of of intervention as i understand it is to flatten out that curve right mm -hmm. right yep um that we keep reading about and that's by definition that means it's going to extend longer Yes. If we're yeah. successful in that, it means we're, it's going to extend longer. And so. it's the whole idea, right, is that it's supposed to drop below that threshold of what our healthcare system can handle. Can cope, right. right. Yeah. You know, I'd, I'd be interested to see. So if if we do follow that path and we do drop below that threshold, does 
what does that do for like the news cycle then too? Like, does that just start to, are we still seeing COVID in the news? Like every day? Oh, we're going to get know, bored right? of it. We're going to get yeah. bored of it. Right. Yeah. It has to, because I think a lot of people, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's set in yet um, that this is going to be a very long-term problem here in the United States. Um, and we're just at the beginning of it. Like, Cases are, I'm sure we have a lot of community spread because we haven't been testing for it, but we're still at the very beginning of what's going to happen here. So I think a lot of the the decisions we're making to cancel large groups are very good to slow the rate. Um, but until we start testing and we start seeing more to yep. figure out what our actual rate of spread is, I don't think anyone can really anticipate how this is going to go down other than it's going to spread. Um, try and limit your exposure as much as you can but don't be surprised if this isn't over in a week i'm really interested to see how this is gonna affect the elections this year because i know it's already mm -hmm. started to you know uh the candidates have already canceled some campaign events yep um so i'm just really interested to see how that all goes down trying to keep this apolitical i think but i don't know if y'all saw in the news about how um the health secretary azar had like wanted to increase our testing like back in january oh yeah when yep. this had first started and he had brought it to president trump and president trump basically said uh no this would look bad for my <laughs> yeah. um re-election if we increased testing and started to see a huge increase and like that could have been huge if like back in january we were like taking this i think yeah. as mm -hmm. serious as it should have been like yeah so i don't know if this is related to that but there was a <clears throat> uh the new york times podcast the daily was covering has been covering this obviously mm -hmm. and and um they mentioned two things that i found interesting one was that um there was a lab in seattle that uh came up with a way to test for this before the cdc released their test and the cdc and and they ran into regulatory hurdles in getting that out this was in january so they ran into these regulatory hurdles. They couldn't find a way around it. Ultimately, they decided to just go ahead and start testing people at, but they weren't able to tell anybody what the results were. Um, so they, but basically what they were risking was they were going to test people and find somebody who was positive for COVID for, mm -hmm. for the coronavirus, but not be able to do anything about it. Right. Um, and you know, that's fascinating. I mean, these rules are in place. These regulations are in place for really good reasons, but they're not capable of dealing with a situation like the one that, that we're in. The other thing that I heard on the daily, which was very striking to me was it, during the AIDS epidemic, a lot of uh, public officials didn't believe it was a problem um, at the beginning. And then Rock Hudson famous uh, actor, uh, heartthrob, uh, was diagnosed and, and had and came down with AIDS. And at that moment, that was the turning point. People suddenly were like, oh, I know somebody with, with AIDS. And suddenly, you know, resources started to be thrown at it. And then the one thing they ended on, on, the, on that, ep they ended that episode with the, the news that, uh, or with you know with it with the news that um tom hanks and rita hanks have been yeah. diagnosed yeah. with covid19 i'm like wow that's crazy um so maybe i mean i hope you know godspeed tom hanks and and rita hanks i'm sure i'm i'm, I'm, I'm sure you'll be fine but uh but that's an interesting uh idea that we need that's for some reason we need somebody 
that we know to get sick before we'll take it seriously. Well, William yeah. Barr, Attorney General, tested positive. Oh, so. really? oh boy. Did he test positive? I heard he'd oh, been exposed. Wait, was it exposed? Trump. I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to oh, like okay. propagate false. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I, 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 what I read earlier today was that he'd been exposed. Uh, uh, Ivanka's been exposed. Donald Trump has been exposed. Yep. Well, it was um, all that CPAC, right? That, yeah, yeah. The, the Republican convention yeah. or whatever. Yeah. So I would expect a very strong, I mean, like even they just in, infused a $1.5 trillion into the economy for like short-term lending, et cetera. Yeah. And that's literally how much like our country has in like student loan debt, like in a literal like snap of a finger, we just came up with $1.5 trillion to like help in air quotes, like blunt our economy. And well, like, I, don't know, I don't know where that money's coming from. <laughs> right. This is what I'm saying is like, we apparently have more of it. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, we have a listener question about lectures, which might relate to this act topic actually mm -hmm. a little bit. Um, let's hear from this anonymous listener. I'm calling Lex Tersbormi. All right, here we go. Uh, if I can remember how to. Hey, short coast, what's going on? I'm super pumped to be able to say that I am starting medical school in August. Only thing is, is at the program I'm attending. Uh, Lecture attendance is basically a soft requirement, and so I was wondering if you guys could talk about strategies that you have to get the most out of lecture, because I'm going to make the most of the situation I'm in. Anyways, thanks, and uh, go Hawks. Thank go you. Hawks. On Iowa, go Hawks. Yeah. I wonder if he got accepted here, since he... Question mark? Go Hawks. I mean, our large group's lectures aren't soft mandatory so, I mean, some, it's not, so uh, it depends on the class yeah. i guess i feel like he if he said go hawks he probably would have been like i'm excited to go to carver right also, yeah, also right. as a soft plug since second look uh weekend is not going to be able to happen um you should absolutely choose carver and it would have been a great weekend so yeah good yeah. point good point r.i.p second oh, look we choose carver. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, this is your second look the second look podcast Ooh. we'll tell you all about it we like it <laughs> welcome so what do you think? What's your, what do you, what do you do for lecture to get as much as you can out of it? As I literally just locked my phone and said out of my lap. Um, that's something I think <laughs> that I struggle with. Um, and it depends on the lecture too, like the speed, the pace that it's going, your familiarity with it. Um, but I'm somebody like, if I pull my phone out, you can catch me like six minutes later. Oh yeah. You know, yep. after I've Gone. like spiraled down the news app, mm -hmm. you know, you look up and you're like, oh shit, what page are we on? Like, where are we? What topic are we on? Uh, who, who are, are you? Seriously, Who's the right? Um, yeah. So lecturers <laughs> bore me. Um, <laughs> if you are really trying to like be invested in the lecture, I think my like one of the single greatest like pieces of advice I think I could give would be like, put your phone on do not disturb, like zip it up in your backpack. And then once it's like in there, you're not going to like feel the vibrations, you know, you, yep. you're not going to want to be disrupting people around you. Um, yeah. There was a, there was a study a while back that the mere presence, and we talked about it on the show, the mere presence of your phone in visual range, um, occupy, seem to occupy a certain amount of processing power in your brain that you would otherwise use to study. So the best idea was to get it out of sight, mm -hmm. yeah. out of the room. My newest thing is, do any of you guys use the, uh, like, those focus apps or whatever like that can shut off like Facebook or anything. I have not but no. I've heard of them. I'm experimenting with that. I'll you let like you guys it. say know. more. No, yeah. yeah, say more. I it's one of the it I I've been doing it. I just got one for my my Mac, so for my computer, and then I got one for my I'm Android has one now built in on my phone, so it's like, you know, 
hopefully preventing me from checking Facebook and stuff during the middle of lectures and you're, you know, not paying you're attention. Not fully engaged. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think for me anyway, one of the best things and like also one of the most difficult things about lecture has been the variety of lecturers and the diff- yeah. diversity of topics. Like you don't, it's very infrequently where you have a lecture for longer than I'd say even like two or three days yeah. Yeah. to like continue. So the approach for lectures for me has to change daily because some lectures you need to preview to be able to even follow along barely with the material and then review and review and review it and then other lectures you can just show up and just try and focus as much as you can to the lecture and the preview isn't as important speaking of that Mm -hmm. do you think so as you say some some lectures come with preview materials that you're Mm -hmm. supposed to look over beforehand and well i mean we all know that you know, sometimes that preview happens and sometimes oh, yeah. that doesn't. <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes um, it does. Hard sometimes. Yeah. But if I but if I said that um if you're getting that preview opportunity, you should take it because there's probably a reason you've been given that preview opportunity. It's not just for shits and giggles. I think it's valid. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. It, I think No, you go for it. I was just gonna say, like, if it works for you, lectures bore me. Like, I'm somebody who, like, if I try and preview, I spend, like, two hours because I don't know really anything. So I'm like, what's this? What's it? And I spend, like, an exorbitant amount of time looking things up that are going to be presented to me. So I think for me, I'm somebody who, like, goes in blind. Like, I'm sure I'm going to leave the lectures, like, having a few questions, et cetera. But it's, like, the few that I didn't catch during the lecture that I can, like, for me, have a more, like, targeted, like look back so i think for lecturers board you know you just kind of have to i would try it mm-hmm. i'd say you know if you haven't previewed lectures before and you're just starting medical school like try it and if it works for you amazing and then i think the biggest yeah. thing is just trying new things right being able to be like yeah. hey yes. this isn't working for me you know see and go for i've it. been going back and forth all semester with uh do i go to lecture do i sit at home and watch it because if i sit at home and watch it you know there's double speed and everything well now you have no choice <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Right. i do i do like going to lecture and if i can sit there and focus like i get a lot from it but my problem is i start to get tired and then with the dimming the lights and everything oh, i just like want to fall asleep I'm like sleep, i'm even yeah. sitting in the front row trying to pay attention but it just doesn't work all the time so i'm kind of in the part where i'm you know at home watching them now um which yeah, like, the great, even then i can start falling asleep watching yes, them at home. yeah for sure <laughs> the great benefit of lectures at home is the double speed uh situation yes. yes which i don't know like <laughs> double speed and like pause. i get that yeah. like it seems like it seems like an efficient use of time but how the hell do you process medicine at double speed oh. well some lecturers talk really slow in general yeah it really varies so it's not naming names <laughs> yeah like a neurology lecture that was almost like a half speed for right me. yeah oh, that yeah. was yeah. like double speed yeah i struggled through that one that was yeah. rough i think like well for one one way i stay focused is i just abuse the heck out of caffeine um, <laughs> yes. would recommend to the, uh, um, but I think for me one of the big obstacles is getting over the mindset of like you can always try and get the most out of something and you can always do more the issue is that you I just run out of time so if I spent yeah. forever on one lecture I would not be able to cover three more yeah. um, so just knowing what you're doing and trying to find the most efficient way to cover the material for you and you'll never get to the point of okay I understood 100% of that lecture like within the first yeah. 10 passes, but just trying to like get as high of a understanding of as much as you can within the time you're allotted is 
well if you think about it too right like lecture is only one part of the learning process at this point exactly and so i think it's important to get as much out of it as you can but it's also important to realize what you're doing outside of it right yeah because the in, in our school anyway and i'm sure many others the small group meetings are um you know an essential adjunct Mm-hmm. to the lectures themselves mm-hmm. right yep so you'll get sort of re-exposed to that stuff in small groups um small groups tutor groups tutor groups all that kind of stuff you know independent study groups yep. the more ways you can see the material yeah. the better for me the biggest take home or like starting medical school was like you're gonna get one like different styles of lectures um, but also like you're going to be told from 5 million different people like try this try this try this try this mm-hmm. and like yep. at the end of the day you're the person who's going to know like what's working best yeah. for you um so it's okay if you know something doesn't work the and first yeah. time i'm and still may- trying to figure yeah. it out right now yep. so yes, <laughs> yep. it doesn't happen in a week or a month or a year yeah. like it's a process that you have to change and, and it changes from day. class to class yeah. too yep. like from yep. semester to semester i mean this is the 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 real test of this experience is the fact that you're going to have to constantly readjust. Like you're not going to yeah. find one thing that works. Yeah. yeah. So best of luck. Um, uh, lectures bore me. By the way, I was thinking that every time, every time you Nathan <laughs> said lectures bore me, I thought you were trying to sneak in some sort of like subliminal <laughs> <laughs> lectures. Bore. lectures bore. Um, yeah, so let us know how it goes, um, and uh, if we're right that you're coming to Iowa, um, look Go me Hawks. up, 1191 Murph, come visit. A few weeks ago, we had a listener question from a listener who was trying to decide whether to hold out for his dream school to admit him or take the admissions offer from another school that had already gotten back to him. Well, soon-to-be Dr. Ray reached out with a related question. Hi, short goats. This week's listener question of holding out for the dream school kind of reminded me of my situation. I have been accepted to two schools this application cycle. The local MD school and a DO school not too far away. I am so unsure of which route to take. I come from a background of nutrition and exercise and have a strong connection to the DO philosophy. But the MD school near me is 50% cheaper in tuition has the residency and fellowship I am interested in and is close to home. Both schools have great board pass rates and residency matches. Do you guys have any thoughts on how to go about the decision-making process? Good question. It's interesting that the MD school's cheaper. That's... Is that... Do you think that's... Was it... I'm assuming DO might be private, maybe? Yeah, well, yeah, all, that's all true. DO yeah. yeah. schools are private, right? Yeah. That's right. I think this is also touching on a nerve because I don't know enough about the process, but the rumor that I heard is that the DO schools are going to be disproportionately affected by step one going pass fail. Oh, um, hmm. I don't know how accurate that is, but what I had heard was that step one was a way for them to equilibrate their program and learning with the MD curriculum. And now that it is going pass fail, there was some worries about getting into MD residencies without the score value levels of playing field that was the rumor i heard i have not looked into it it is entirely conjecture from my standpoint from everybody's standpoint since nothing literally nothing has happened yet exactly to uh 
to give data on that, but that's interesting. I think for Ray, like for me, it sounds like you already are considering like some of the most important factors, i.e. cost, you know, when you think of getting a somewhat similar education at both places, um, you're going to go into, uh, I don't know your financial situation, but like it is extremely expensive. And like, if you're going to get about the same thing, I think finances could play like a heavy role into it. And you also are laying out, you know, the MD school has the residency and fellowship that you want to go into. Um, that's, I mean, if you can already be at that school, making connections with those faculty, et cetera, I think that's huge. And that's something like I didn't really appreciate like once coming into medical school is like how important like relationships and networking are for like that next step. So I think that's also something important that you've like already considered, um, yeah, and I mean, you also said that it's close to both the MD school and like staying there for residency and fellowship are also close to family. And like, that's totally up to you on like the importance you play on that. But those are usually like three pretty big yeah. factors that people like consider. Yeah. And I think mm-hmm. from what you have said, all signs kind of point to that MD school. And I think as far as your concern as the like DO is more holistic, I mean, at our MD school, I mean, I've like interviewed at both places like do and md ones and like we here at the carver at the md school have gotten multiple lectures on nutrition and exercise mm-hmm. and like etc so i think there's this kind of i don't want to say like false narrative that like do's are like entirely holistic and mds are like a hard like only science only you know like pharmaceuticals etc like i think there's this kind of like not false narrative but mm-hmm. there's kind of like a, a over generalization maybe correct sure. correct like if you know nutrition and that kind of aspect is still important for you there's i'm sure there's also like research experiences and things like that at these md school i mean the biggest yeah, deciding factor of how you want to practice right is you right yeah yeah exactly you I mean, can still pursue. Sense. You can still pursue your own philosophy regardless of the program you yeah. go to, especially when you're out. It won't. It doesn't define how you practice afterwards. Yep. So. Yep. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I always say about medicine that's that's been interesting to me to learn over the years is how much flexibility you have to be the physician that you want to be once you're, you know, once you're into your re- uh, residency years. You know, you can start to, um, you can you can start to become the physician you want to be outside of your training. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. if the DO philosophy really resonates with you and and it's something that you weren't exposed to in medical school, ain't no reason, ain't nobody can tell you that you can't pursue that uh, philosophy rig- uh, vigorously when, you know, after school. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the most important thing is just to picture yourself in each of those schools in like whichever place you think make would make you happiest i think that's what you go with yeah that's a good point too you've it's it's the culture has to feel right and it's not just about um philosophy of instruction it's also yeah. just about the people that you will be surrounding yourself yeah. with will it keep you from going nuts during medical mm-hmm. school for instance or you know is it is it going to be sort of unsympathetic to human foibles for instance mm-hmm. that's that's mm-hmm. also an important factor if these schools have second look days i don't know yeah. i mean ours is yeah, there ours is. Is that's not a thing anymore but we're <laughs> virtual we're not getting look? together in groups larger than 20 yeah. Yeah. But, that's, but that's our a... second look day would have been the best it would yeah. have it yes. would, yeah. yeah yeah let's 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 not to put too, let's not put too fine a point on that we were going to be the best second look <laughs> mm-hmm. that you would ever experience we were going to give away cash 
Ooh. To everybody who came. Mm-hmm. Was it the machine sure. where you like it blows it oh, up yes. and you gotta shove it oh, in your yeah. <laughs> There were gonna be balloon rides. A giant inflatable uh, colon. Gi- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so sorry you're gonna miss all that. Cake. There's probably what's gonna be cake. Yeah. So let's, yeah. let's face it. Yeah. I guess maybe like one final like piece if you want like objective data the NMRP you know you had mentioned the residency and fellowship like they have objective data and like charting your outcomes on you know like an MD applicant or a DO applicant with similar stats and things like that you can kind of like objectively see what their odds were on getting into whatever specialty you wanted to get into so I mean if you want some objective data that's like a resource that's available for you too. But always remember that those are just odds. Right. Um, yeah. You know, when you look at all this data, it's tempting to go, well, I'm, you know, you know, for instance, if you're talking about MCAT scores or whatever, and you look at your, look at the average MCAT score for the yeah. school, you're like, oh, well, I don't hit that. Well, it's just an average and the variance yeah. can be very wide. Yeah. You don't know. Soon to be Dr. Ray. Uh, let us know what you decide. Love to hear from you again and uh, love to hear about your experience um, in the coming years. Um, just give us a, give us a ring, uh, at three, four, seven short CT or send us an email at the shortcodes at gmail.com. Uh, so we can talk about it on the show again. Given that we appear to be in the middle of a modern plague, I'd like to put on my <laughs> fake medical <laughs> educator hat to see what you know about other past epidemic epidemics. So here we go with a pop quiz. We like it. Retro. Um, all right. You're probably familiar with pictures of 17th century plague doctors, physicians hired by towns in Europe uh, to attend to bubonic plague victims. Their distinctive beak-like masks were the most distinctive part of their costumes, along with waxed coats and gloves. But what was the purpose of the beaks? The purpose of the beaks. Go ahead and write them down on those uh, pieces of paper in front of you, and then we'll... Compare answers. The purpose of the beaks. <laughs> Nathan doesn't laugh. I don't know you had to peck the peck the. I don't know. <laughs> no. oh, Physical so exam skills. Yeah, yeah, right. All right. Uh, uh, what 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 say you, uh, Eric? Wasn't it like it, it was like a like a premature filter, wasn't it? Oh, okay. It was, was my idea. That, okay. So you smell. What do you think, Nathan? <laughs> I need one of these. Um, I would wrote down like to put scents inside. I think I was yeah. going from both like the filter and also you know like the what is the ashes ash oh, what's that called ring around the road you know oh, how they yeah, yeah, like yeah, rose, yeah. rosies whatever in there I don't right. know put put shit inside that's my Just answer to put shit inside all right uh, I have a, a very weird way to like prevent droplet or fluid exposure all right but, all right um, all right. Yeah, I mean, I have no idea. I think all their guesses are better than mine. I just said to look scary. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, there could be something to that. Get away from me, bubonic plague. <laughs> Fear mongering. Yeah. yeah, I think as you're all sort of circling around, it was to protect the doctors from miasma. So it's basically a PPE, a personal protective. Yeah. Right. Cool. What, what a PPE, personal protective per- equipment. Um, Can we bring it back in style? The old yeah. school. So there's no more N95s. Um, yeah, if we, we if got we, these beaks, we run out. <laughs> put on your beaks. Um, Physicians of the time believed that poisoned air was responsible for illnesses, creating an imbalance of humors in the in the body. To to combat combat this, the beaks were filled with theriac. A compound of things like honey, cinnamon, and powdered viper flesh, along with, you know, 53 other things. Powdered 
Viper, Viper flesh. flesh. Or, I think yeah. it's just like a vitality kind of thing. Yeah, like yeah, it yeah. Helps keep them spry. <laughs> the, the odors of which were meant to fumigate the poisonous air, and the beaky shape was meant to give the herbs enough space before the air reached the mouth and nostrils to do their work. So, all right. I think y'all okay. y'all hit it pretty oh, well. Yeah. In September 2007, an event involving shattered windows and a plume of fire more than 3,000 feet high preceded an epidemic of headaches, nausea, vomiting, and diarrhea in a town near the border of Peru. What was the event? I'm going volcano. Okay. Volcano eruption. All right. Um, a water treatment facility. I don't know. I don't know. Wait, water treatment and fire. I'm okay. okay. All right. X water treatment facility fire. All right. I also went for the volcano. Okay. Nice. Yeah, volcano. <laughs> all right. As the great judge John Hodgman would say, all answers are wrong. It's a meteorite. Ooh. Oh. No one knows why, but the space rocks crash landing seemed to lead to the illness, which uh, perhaps uh, affected uh, 200 locals. So. There you go. Exceeded COVID. Tanzania on January 30th, 1962, experienced an epidemic that started with just three students at an all-girls boarding school. By the end of the first day, more than half the student body was affected. One month later, the school was shut down. By May, by May, 200 people in a nearby town were afflicted and another 50 at a nearby middle school in June. When the crisis finally abated, more than a thousand people had been affected, closing down 14 schools. What was the chief complaint? I've given you no clues about that. This is important knowledge for you to have. See, I think I thought we were going to we go repeat. like Spanish flu, like yeah, H1N1. Awesome. Yeah, way, like, too, way too easy. <sighs> Everybody knows fun. about those. You are exposing a weakness in my medical education. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, no, I'm not. I am giving you this medical education. Dude. I am a medical educator. That's right. You got that hat. Yeah. That's right. With the beak. It's on right now. Mm -hmm. Got that viper flesh. <laughs> <laughs> Get it now, your local health food store. Anybody <laughs> want to answer? You want to start? I wrote Squiggles Bloody Stools. Squiggles, <laughs> Squiggles Bloody Stools. I said right. fever or rash. All right. I went for rash. Mm -hmm. I went GI disturbance. I'm going diarrhea. Mm -hmm. All right. No, it was hysterical laughter. Oh. Huh. Really? Yeah. Some people suffered for as long as 16 days of hysterically laughing. Um, Why? <laughs> nobody, nobody really knows. Started it's with probably three school. This is some like Salem witch. Yeah. Is, is it like a hysteria? It was a outbreak? mass. There's probably a mass hysteria. No freak. I swear to God, I almost wrote that down because I was just watching Sex Education. If y'all oh, haven't started show. watching good Sex show. Education, yeah. it starts with people thinking they have chlamydia. Yeah, and boom, yeah, yeah. everybody at this school thinks they have chlamydia. So I like almost wrote that down. But then when you said it like spread to nearby towns, I'm like, mm, it's not like contained anymore. Well, see, this is uh, this proves that old adage. Go with your first uh, your first instinct on any question. Right. Here you go. For lectures bore me. Also tip that I still haven't learned in medical school is like go with your gut. Because <laughs> yeah. Yeah. every test yeah. I'm out there at the end, changing my answers at the end. That <laughs> scores drop every yep. time. I know it's a problem, and I still keep doing it. <laughs> the year was 1997. The country, Japan. Almost 700 children were brought to hospitals with seizures brought on by what public event? Oh, I know this. Do you? Yes, I do. 
We said 1997. 1997. Oh, I, mm-hmm. I'm gonna go for the weird thing. Yep, Michael's got it. Ooh, oh, we yeah, got it. We know it. <laughs> I definitely don't got it. <laughs> I said uh, lead poisoning. Okay. <laughs> okay. Wait. I want to hear everybody. Else. What? Uh, yeah. What you got, Eric? It's 1997. N- nuclear power plant. Okay. So there's a there's a particular yeah. show where you have to catch them all. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's a particular no. Pokemon. <laughs> there's a particular Pokemon called Porygon. Yeah. Who um they he started flashing. Yeah. And he induced epileptic seizures. seizures. Yeah. This yeah. was the broadcast oh. of Denosenshi oh. Porygon, oh. a popular Pokemon cartoon. To this day, the epidemic is referred in, to in Japan as Pokemon Shock. Mm-hmm. Amazing work. Only only the true, uh, the tr- the true. Uh, what do they call them? Pokemon masters. Pokemon yeah. masters <laughs> would know this. Uh, so much of my childhood was devoted to Pokemon. <laughs> you tried going back and like watching that show. Like, does it hold? Yeah, up? I had a seizure. I, I had to go to the so. hospital. Oh, yeah, there you go. can look it up. I mean, don't look it up if you have epilepsy. But like, the episode is on on the the web. So if you want to see what can induce epileptic seizures, all right. From eighteen eighty six to nineteen oh nine, dozens of men were admitted to asylums or placed in custody in police custody in Europe uh, due to a disease that caused them to leave their families, desert from the army, or otherwise disappear. France in particular was terrorized by this madness, which caused the men to wander aimlessly across Europe in dissociative fugues with no destination. What was the name of this disease? And for bonus points, what do we call it now? Ooh. So it's cha- it has changed names. Uh, our understanding of it has changed. Yes. I would just like to say that is, I think, my second biggest fear is to get dissociative fugue. Oh, well, dissociative what's your first? Oh, being buried alive. Oh, okay. Is like number one. But like number two is like waking up in like a different state three okay. years later and just having no idea what happened. Your entire life's a lie. <laughs> Seriously. I Wow. I was, I was, I was sitting in my abnormal psych lecture just absolutely terrified (laughs) (laughs) i think it's one of those things where like you fear like so i want to go into psychiatry so it's something like you fear that like what you study is going to like afflict you yeah Yeah. medical student syndrome yes classic class undergrad um my guess is syphilis and tertiary syphilis oh okay i too went with syphilis i also went for somehow related to syphilis weird i did not go with syphilis what did you go with uh sleepwalking I think you're closer, huh? but there's a but here. Uh, the the uh, what they called it was dromomania, or pathological tourism. One famous case featured a man with a lifelong history of amnesic wandering, in which he would black out and spontaneously travel, sometimes so far that he would have to work odd jobs to afford to be able to get back home. His most epic trip lasted five years and touched off the whole thing. Uh, which, of course, was really an epidemic of diagnoses because, of course, for many of the men who found themselves locked up, this wasn't a pathological condition. It was just a violation of current social norms. So the, the, what we call this today is wanderlust. These were oh, people who were just like, uh, I don't want to be here. I'm out. <laughs> I want to go I. somewhere else, <laughs> Yes. Uh. So, uh, so yeah, how did, uh, what's your assessment? How do you feel you did? I didn't keep score today. I didn't, uh, you know, do we, did you get a, a D? 
Two terrible. out of five. Yeah, that's terrible. Fifty percent. Yeah. Pass. I give you all passes. Oh, P, thank like you. That's all P equals MD. Yeah. Yeah. The only equation MD. you need to know. <laughs> well, that is our show. Uh, Nathan, Kenzie, Michael, Eric, thank you for being my co-host today. Yeah, thank you. For having us. And of course, thank you, Short Quotes, for making us part of your week. If you're new here today and you like what you heard, subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, and wherever else fine podcasts, podcasts are available. I remind you that your questions are vital to this show because they mean it can be what you want it to be about. Be like uh, Lex, Lex, Lexters bore me. <laughs> God, I wrote that down and I can't pronounce it. Lexters bore me and Dr. Ray. Uh, send us your questions uh, to uh, the shortcodes at gmail.com or you can leave us a message at 34shortct. We'll talk about it on the show. While your podcast app is open, give us some stars and a review to let us know if we're doing right. The show is made possible by a generous nation by Carver College of Medicine student government and ongoing support from the Writing and Humanities program. Our opening music is by Dr. Vox and our closing music is by Caposphere. Talk to you in one week. Mm-hmm.